Hello from Boise, Idaho, and Idaho Education News. This is Extra Credit, your weekly podcast looking at education policy and education politics. I'm Kevin Richard. I'm Clark Corbin. And we're delighted to have a guest this week. J.J. Saldana from the Idaho Commission on Hispanic Affairs is joining us. We're going to talk a little bit about uh, what you foresee on, on the horizon in the next legislative session. We'll talk a little bit about uh, compliance with federal education laws because you've been active in, in that. But first, I feel like we need to uh, spend a couple minutes catching up our listeners to a, a busy week on the education front. Uh, a lot of news breaking, uh, much of it broken uh, by Clark down there. Uh, the ongoing saga over teacher evaluations took another turn this week with the uh, an audit that we received through uh, the Public Records Act. Um, pretty interesting results and a lot of fallout. Take a second or more than a second and kind of walk us through the highlights of what we saw this week. Yeah, it, uh, I actually wrote four stories about the teacher evaluations uh, issue and I don't know that I've ever in my journalism career written four stories on the same subject uh, in one week, but this is important and I just kind of want to lay out First, starting in real basic terms, why this is important, uh, and it is complicated, uh, but I will try to walk you through uh, some of the complicated aspects of this, and also if you guys have questions about this or about my reporting, uh, let us know, let us know with a, a comment on Facebook and, and we'll try to address it. But to understand the importance of these teacher evaluations, you have to understand that in 2015, the legislature passed a major new law to increase teacher salaries by $250 million or more over a five-year period. They're ramping up in, into that. Uh, there had been a lot of concerns that teacher pay was low in the state of Idaho, that turnover was high. So in 2015, they passed this major new law to increase teacher salaries. They call it the career ladder, and that's important because we'll come back uh, to that term uh, in a couple of minutes. But, uh, so what we are is we're in the process right now of raising teacher salaries in the state of Idaho. One of the things that the legislature did when they voted to increase teacher salaries was they added some accountability measures to go along with that. And the accountability measure they added is essentially a report. School districts and school administrators make annually to the state of Idaho. And, and that report is actually a teacher evaluation. You can kind of think of that in many of your jobs, you may have an evaluation every year with your boss. And so in order to earn a raise and to walk their way up the career ladder salary law and to earn higher pay, uh, teachers need to meet performance benchmarks and standards on these evaluations. And so what happened was on Monday, we released the findings of an independent audit of teacher evaluations from the 2014-2015 school year. This audit was performed by an outside group that specializes in teacher evaluations, and they screened 225 teacher evaluations that were taken from, I believe, 53 Idaho school districts and charter schools. Uh, kind of a random sampling around the state, and this audit found that 99% of the teacher evaluations screened were either inaccurate or incomplete. In some cases, Kevin, as you know, uh, it doesn't appear that the administrators followed Idaho law mm -hmm. when they right. were completing these evaluations. And I want to take a pause right here uh, because this is important. We're not reporting that taxpayer money has been misspent in the state of Idaho because the 2014-2015 teacher evaluations are not tied to raises, are not tied... They predate the whole career letter. They predate the whole career letter. 
However, beginning with the 2015-2016 teacher evaluations, which have already been completed, those will form the basis for whether teachers can earn a raise or not. Uh, there's a three-year period uh, where teachers have to demonstrate proficiency, and that starts in the 2015-2016 school year. So what our reporting was saying is not that we've misspent money in the past, but it's more of looking forward, uh, a word of caution or a warning, if you will, that this report that the legislature is tying teacher pay to has had major widespread validity problems in the past. Is that so right. far, Kevin? Are we on track here? Right. And, and now I think it's important maybe to talk a little bit about what's been the fallout, what have been the reactions from the State Board of Education and from Shari Ibarra. Yeah. And so we reported Monday. We published a link to uh, the actual teacher evaluation report. And we published that on Monday. We obtained that through a public records request. Superintendent Ibarra's office had received that audit in July. And it was actually due to the legislature last year. But it was not turned into the legislature because uh, one of the individuals that was working on that job unfortunately died during the process. And so they had to start over and it was delayed. But anyways, this report was finished. It did come out in July. Superintendent Ibarra did not share it with legislators, did not share it with State Board of Education officials. In fact, those folks found out about the audit uh, reading Idaho Education News on Monday. And so State Board, of Exec State Board of Education Executive Director Matt Freeman and President Emma Ashley promised to take immediate action in the wake of this teacher evaluation report. Uh, they've talked about providing training to school districts and school administrators throughout the state. And one of the ways that they want to do that is they want to work with experts from uh, the colleges and universities, including Boise State University, to provide that training to teachers all across the state. This caught lawmakers and state board of education officials off guard because they had not heard of this report. Uh, and, and obviously, uh, with a headline like 99% of evaluations are incomplete or inaccurate, it, it, it's a little bit explosive. It, it grabs people's attention. And so they were likely disappointed that they had to read about it in the media and not um, get it from the State Department. On Thursday, so if you're listening to this live, yesterday, on Thursday, Superintendent Ibarra responded for the first time uh, to the teacher evaluations controversy. She sent out a news release uh, to news organizations all across the state Thursday morning where she called on school districts and school administrators to stand tall. She said that she has their backs, that she believes they are working hard to follow Idaho law. I also want to be clear uh, that in a memo sent to superintendents, uh, Superintendent Ibarra criticized Idaho Education News for its reporting. And, and I've published that, and I published a link to that. Uh, and you can find that uh, yourself if, if you want to take a look at that. They also issued a point-by-point -point response to this individual audit. And the first finding is that Superintendent Ibarra and the State Department of Education uh, agreed with the findings that more training uh, and, and more expertise is needed specifically to help uh, administrators understand the difference between an observation and an evaluation. Uh, an observation is one of many, many components that goes into an evaluation, which is the end product every year in a sense. 
Uh, the superintendent also pointed out, as we said, uh, that the 2014-2015 evaluations are not tied to salaries and predate the career ladder. Uh, and then there's some other responses in there, and we've captured um, all of that. Am I doing good so far? Do you have questions? Yeah, and just to kind of looking forward on this, I mean, this is not the last word on this by any means. Uh, next week, the State Board of Education meets. Uh, this is going to be on their agenda. I, I expect we'll have a lot more coverage out of the State Board about sort of the fallout from this audit. And as we were talking about the three of us before we went live here, this is a big year in terms of the career ladder. Uh, we're talking about a $58 million uh, appropriation that's going to be uh, on the line. This could definitely uh, influence the way that debate unfolds at the State House. If there are questions about the uh, audits, questions about the evaluations, that's uh, certainly going to be a, a potential talking point as legislators decide whether to put another $58 million into teacher pay raises. So. We're kind of almost at the tip of the iceberg, heading into the legislative session. There's going to be a lot more, but really, really good reporting this week, Clark. Uh, good job. Really in-depth coverage of a very important issue, and we'll, uh, we'll stay on top of it. Thank you. We'll, we'll keep on top of it. I haven't seen any questions, so I want to move on, but I want to just point out two more things uh, on this topic of teacher evaluations, and then uh, we'll move on. But you talked about what an important issue, Kevin, this might be during the upcoming legislative session. And, and Governor Butch Otter has, has said as much. Governor Otter has said, in order uh, to ask the legislature to invest taxpayer dollars, we need to know that the accountability system is in place, and we need to know that we're getting accurate uh, data uh, regarding these reports. And so the governor, and th that was before this week, actually. The governor said that several, a, a couple months ago. And so that's uh, the first thing. The second thing is I wanted to let you know I had a long conversation with some of the officials from the Idaho Education Association, the statewide teachers union. Uh, they're concerned about this report and the message that the Idaho Education Association had was that they wanted to work with the education department and all the education groups uh, to help make sure that this is as fair and valid uh, and, and proper uh, as possible. And so that's the pledge uh, that they've made. But certainly stay tuned. This is going to come up at the State Board of Education uh, next week, and it may well come up during the legislative session. But I want to move on. I want to talk about... Um, I want to bring JJ into the conversation here, and I want to talk about some of the work that the Idaho Commission on Hispanic Affairs does within the education arena. So JJ, if you could just kind of tell us a little bit about your job and a little bit about the outreach that you shared with me uh, that your office uh, is undertaking in school districts across the state. So my favorite thing that I get to do is I get to do parent involvement training. And so we teach um, parents, Hispanic parents specifically, what their rights and responsibilities are when we're when when they have a child in the education system, um, especially the monolingual parents who don't know exactly what the rules are. what Because um, in a lot of cases, Hispanic parents tend to take whatever the teacher says as golden. And so even if they don't agree with it, they tend to still say, well, that's what the teacher said. And so my job is to teach them, no, you can question this, you know, don't go out go all angry on them, but you can. Um, there's a way to do it. We teach them proper protocol. If they're going to write a complaint, how to do it, and even if they don't speak English, they can still write it in Spanish. We teach them how to request child, how to 
to request their child's record. And I always kind of tell the parents to do it twice a year every time the time changes, just so that they're, they're not surprised um, as years go on to see what's in their child's school record. Um, another thing that we do, I don't do these trainings, but we hire people to come in and do these free trainings for school districts is we do cultural competency trainings and we encourage principals and vice principals and superintendents to take this training. Um, a lot of times they send us the paraprofessionals who are already culturally, they already know the culture, but we need to have start from the top down. And so we do those and all of these trainings are free. Um, and then our, one of our big things that we do every year is we do a youth summit. Okay. And our youth summit last year had 677 students um, from all over the state. Um, it's a one-day event, um, and they learn things about STEM, but um, also now seniors have an opportunity to apply for scholarships on the spot there. And Idaho National Laboratories was there, and they um, offered um, internships. Um, the next year, um, schools have already said that they're going to double the amount of money that they've um, put into the scholarships. Last year, we had $117,000 given out in scholarships. Um, and then we have some out-of-state colleges also coming in next year. So, How can folks find out a little bit more about the outreach effort? Because you said this doesn't just take place in Boise. This takes place in, in several different regions of the state. How can people find out about the Youth Summit or about some of the outreach off, uh, opportunities and some of the training you provide? For the Youth Summit, we send out at the end of the school year before um, they leave the school, we send something out to every principal and counselor in the okay. state. We send out an email saying, save the date. This is when we're having our Youth Summit. When it comes to our um, trainings, um, we used to send out something to everybody. Now it's to the point where they just contact us and say, hey, can you come and do this training for us? And we're available to do it. Um, in order for us to go to, say, Pocatello to do one, it has to be cost-effective. Okay. So we have to have at least 20 people in to do that class in order for it to be cost-effective because it wouldn't be very cost-effective if we just did a training for like a one-on-one -on -one or for a handful of people. Okay. We want to make sure that we get the surrounding areas as well. And you have a website, right? The Idaho Commission on Hispanic Affairs has a website uh, if parents or the public wanted to find out a little bit more about this. Exactly, yes. Okay. One of the other things I wanted to bring up, uh, Kevin and I have been following Idaho's effort to comply with this federal education law. And the, and the, educa the federal education law is called the Every Student Succeeds Act. Uh, it was signed into law almost exactly a year ago today. And one of the things that's notable about this law, among many things, is that it pushes control and oversight of the public school system away from the federal government and it gives that control to the state yes. government. And we've been following that. Right now Idaho is developing and, and drafting and redrafting its plan to comply with that federal education law. Um, but JJ, your name was on some of these committees that have been uh, providing some feedback to Superintendent Ibarra's office. And, uh, and you've been following this effort closely, and I just kind of wanted to get your take on some of the things that you're watching for as Idaho refines its plan uh, to comply with these federal education laws. So obviously our concern, because you know, we're a state agency, we work under the governor's office, and our job is to be the eyes and ears for the governor when it comes to the Hispanic community. So that's what we're looking at, is making sure how are they going to be working with Hispanic students, how are they going to be working with Hispanic parents, and what kind of resources are still needed in order to work with those. And that's where um, they've been calling me for. Okay. And right now, Kevin, we are at a process where a draft uh, of the plan uh, has been presented. There were five public hearings across the state. Um, but the State Department of Education is, is refining that draft at this point based on uh, some public feedback, and they kind of slowed down the process, right? Right. I mean, we're looking at probably now spring before the... Uh before the plan is submitted to the federal government, and it still has to be signed off in the State Board of Education before that. So it's, it's sort of a, an ongoing 
ongoing process. So, another thing I wanted to ask you about is, you know, the legislative session obviously yes. is a month out. From your perspective, what are the education issues that you're going to be watching most? Well, education, we. Um traditionally present in front of the Education Committee. Um, and we, you know, we've, we've gotten really close to a lot of the um, people that sit on the committee, like Representative Horman and um, others, that have, we've been able to kind of help us. One of the things that I was telling you guys earlier was we st we're struggling with getting data, specifically when it's broken down by ethnicity. And so last year when we presented, um, Senator Mortimer asked us what help he, what he could help with. And that's what we said, we, can, we need help in getting that data because we're the Hispanic Commission, so we need those Hispanic numbers, and um, he's like, his response was, "I will help you get it." And so, well, and, and, and this is something you know I run into a lot. We run into a lot here. I mean, it's it's unfair and it's inaccurate and it's incomplete to look at simply uh, achievement data without looking more broadly at all data. Yes, exactly. Because the the correlations between demographics and achievement in, in all sectors is is just too powerful to overlook. So yeah. we're in that same situation. We're always looking for that data. We're always looking for that, uh, you know, where are the correlations? How strong are the correlations? What conclusions? Because the data's there. It's just not attainable. So that's where, and he made a comment that said, if I can get it, why can't you? So hopefully he knows where he can get that data so we can continue to get that data. And, and Senator Mortimer is an influential uh, lawmaker when it comes to education. Senator Dean Mortimer is a Republican from Idaho Falls, and he is the chairman of the Senate Education Committee. So he's heavily involved with education issues. He also happens to have uh, a seat on the Joint Budget Committee. So mm -hmm. he, he's really all over uh, budget and policy discussions right. when it comes to K-12 education. Are there specific issues, Kevin or JJ, that you're going to be following closely? The legislative session resumes January 9th. Um, are there going to be specific issues you're looking at, you're following closely, uh, things that you want to make a difference? Well, we're going to be contacting um, Representative Van Orden, you know, the newly elected chair for the Repo um, representatives side um, of yeah. the Education Committee. The and Education she, we've worked with her in the past, and we just want to make sure that we're still on her radar to say, hey, you know, we're, we, whenever you need. Um, during the legislative session as a whole, not just education, we're open to all legislators to call us to, and we will research whatever information they need when it comes to working with our community in our state and so um, that makes for a lot of interesting phone calls that we get for some of the data that they request but we'll do our best to make sure that we get them that data before they go to their meetings. Kevin, a couple things. Uh, we're less than a month away from the kickoff of the legislative session before we wind down uh, the podcast today. Anything that's on your radar uh, after the new year once the, the session comes to town? The first thing is going to be the governor's um, budget address, right? Right. I mean, obviously, I mean, we're kind of state. waiting to see what uh, what's uh, in the governor's budget in terms of a lot of issues on education. I mean, we assume, as we talked about the career ladder earlier, we assume that uh, the governor is going to follow suit with uh, Superintendent Ibarra and request this $58 million installment in the career ladder. He has uh, indicated support of it, but you know, he, he and governors always kind of tend to keep details of their budget uh, under wraps until the beginning of the session. We'll wait and see what he has uh, in store in terms of that. Uh, literacy budget, which is something I'm working on uh, this, this week. Uh, launching a project next week on literacy, so I'll be interested to see what he has in his budget on that. Uh, a lot of budget items that we're going to wait and see on. 
Yeah, tell me real quick, uh, I've had a chance to, to see some of your reporting, but tell me a little bit about what's coming up next week. You referenced a special project, and literacy is something that was really uh, a focal point for the 2016 legislature. Kevin? Yeah, I'm going to roll out a series, and we've been working with uh, Idaho Public Television's Idaho Reports on this uh, series. What we wanted to do with this was really sort of get a a gauge of what's happening right now with this literacy initiative. Uh, $11.25 million has been put into it this year for the first installment. Uh, Superintendent Navarro wants more money in the, in the initiative next year. As I mentioned, we don't know where the governor's budget is going to be, but uh, he's, you know, He's been supportive in the past of the idea of putting more money into, into literacy programs. And what we've tried to do here is just look at the scope of the problem. We're talking about 35,000 or so students who show up for school from K through 3, not reading at grade level. How are we trying to, uh, to bridge that gap and get, uh, get kids reading at grade level before they move on to fourth grade and beyond? Uh, what we're finding is uh, a lot of different approaches in different school districts, uh, a lot of different emphasis, uh, whether it's training, uh, all-day kindergarten, summer programs, technology, you name it, and, and that's all kind of fair game. So we're kind of looking at what's being done, uh, what sort of expectations the legislature is going to have next month, because there won't be any new test results that reflect what's happening in the schools. I reported this week on the latest round of the uh, Idaho reading indicator numbers from the fall. They're flat compared to last year, but you'd kind of almost expect that because we're just starting this initiative. The money has just rolled out. The programs are just launching, so you wouldn't expect to see much of a difference one way or the other from year to year. It just it shows you how big the issue is and how big the problem is. So I'm looking forward to kind of breaking that down, looking at the, the extent of the issue, what the schools are trying to do, what the expectations are, is this something that uh, the legislature is going to make a long-term commitment to fund? And also, what are we doing in terms of the test? We have this uh, test that uh, Superintendent Navarro wants to replace. They're looking at bids to replace the, the test. Why and what does that mean? And what do we learn from a new test? So a lot of different aspects to the story. Uh, we'll roll out our stories on Wednesday and Thursday. Idaho Reports will uh, focus on this uh, a week from today, on, on Friday the 16th. So uh, a lot of coverage. I'm looking forward to getting it launched. I'm looking forward to it, uh, too. Uh, folks can catch that uh, at idahoednews.org. They can also catch uh, up on all of our stories from this week, the evaluation story. Uh, Kevin had a story earlier in the week uh, about how the supplemental uh, tax levies in Idaho hit an all-time record, uh, and that's not a good record in many people's minds. <laughs> right, I mean, um, but you can also good. see what's happened in your right. school district, uh, how much you're paying and how much it compare, how it compares to other districts. Uh, that story is there. We had some coverage of the Boise Elementary School student who lit the Capitol tree. Uh, we had all kinds of news uh, from the week, and we will uh, have more next week. We've got meetings all week at the State House and the State Board of Education. Little, in the literacy project, so a lot to read. So check in with us daily at idahoednews.org. Right. Yeah, JJ, is there anything we've left out? Anything you wanted to ask about or bring up uh, before we wind down the show? No, today? I just feel like I'm fanboying out because I watch you guys every week. So we, we really appreciate uh, you oh, watching yeah. and. <laughs> 
and interacting with us uh, on Twitter. Uh, this has been Extra Credit, your weekly podcast devoted to education issues in the state of Idaho. Be sure to follow at Idaho Ed News on Twitter and like Idaho Education News on Facebook. Be careful driving around this afternoon and this weekend, and thanks for listening. I'm Clark. I'm Kevin. And we all want to thank our guest, JJ. Oh, thank uh, you guys for, for having me. Us this week. Thank you so much, JJ. Uh, we appreciate it, and we will be back with the traditional version uh, of Extra Credit Audio Only next week. You can find that through SoundCloud and iTunes for free on Friday afternoons. Thanks, everybody. Have a good week. 